fight you, white motherfuckers. All eyes on me. If I catch you looking at anything else, I'm gonna beat your ass like a runaway slave. Start the music. recording late at night so if i yawn and i do all that and if i sound a little bit unlike myself because usually i record it's the afternoon and i'm a little bit more jipper and fucking excited but this your boy this your motherfucking boy king known uncensored we back again with another one and this is new music fridays because it ain't gonna be new music fridays no i'm just kidding uh it's new music fridays Pimping since been pimping since been pimping. You dig? And it's a lot of pimping going on. But first off, we're going to start off with one of my favorite players to ever do this thing. And T-Mac, he has some comments about LeBron James and James Harden. Now, let me see. How recent is this? Okay, this is August 1st. Oh, damn. So Tracy McGrady says that Michael Jordan is greater than LeBron James because of Michael Jordan's ability to take over games. According to T-Mac, Jordan was the guy you could count on when the game was on the line. MJ had the clutch ability to make big shots and demanded the ball when there was a need to make a big basket. 
For me, I just think that completely taking over games when it counts, not deferring to anybody at any given time. Yeah, there's times where he passed off to a John Paxson or a Steve Kerr. Yeah, but when it's time to get a bucket, MJ was that dude to take over a game. Averaging 40 in the finals in one year, winning that championship. I mean, defending the best players, I can't. He's just the greatest to me, man. It doesn't take away from LeBron. He's awesome, the best in our era that I've seen, but he's the best. But the GOAT, that's MJ. Um, well, I love T-Mac, but I've seen LeBron James take over games, but here's the thing that sets Jordan above LeBron. LeBron James is damn near flawless for three and a half quarters every time. He'll give you the best three and a half quarters of his life, but when it comes down to that last five minutes, some of that decision making is shaky. And that's the deferring that he that T-Mac is talking about. However, I've seen LeBron have big games and, you know, and closeout games. But here's the thing. The closeout games were very far in between. I mean, even as recently as the Western Conference Finals this year, like you needed a bucket for game and LeBron drove to the rim and got a shot blocked by somebody that's like, Four inches shorter than him and about, I don't know, maybe 100 pounds lighter than him. I'm just saying. But, you know, my reasoning for LeBron not being the GOAT is, you know, he lost six NBA finals. That's crazy. As good and as talented as he is and as great as and as talented as his rosters have been, you know, Jordan did this shit with just Pippen and a bunch of decent role players who fit well under the triangle. You know? Was Dennis Rodman as good as Anthony Davis? Or... Or hell, was Dennis Rodman good offensively as Austin Reeves even? I mean, Scottie Pippen is one thing. We always give Pippen his credit. Always. But I feel like a lot of people try to give Pippen too much credit. But I'm saying that MJ's rosters were not like LeBron's rosters. LeBron has had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade on the same team. Jordan had Pippen and Rodman. And various role players that were not as good as LeBron's role players. LeBron had Kyrie, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert. Who was Jordan's J.R. Smith? Who? Don't worry, I'll wait. Who? I mean, I guess you could say that Iman Shepard and Ron Harper kind of like mirror each other because of the things that they did on defense. I'll give uh, LeBron that nugget. But who was Jordan's Kevin Love and Chris Bosh? I want to know something, bitch. Like, for real. 
Jordan won a three-peat twice without a post score, without a post player that could put up 15 to 20. And this was back in the day where the big man was running shit like Ewing, Elijah Wan, Barkley, Malone. You know what I mean? Like, it was all about the power forwards and the centers back in the day. And it seemed like Jordan and Kobe were like the only guards that could like dominate a big man's era. Pause that, but y'all get what I mean. So T-Max comments were correct. Now I wanted this, but you know, I want to go to the T-Mac and James Harden comments. That's what I want to do. Because he had a lot to say. Okay, so Tracy McGrady rips into James Harden for requesting trade from 76ers. That makes zero sense to me. Wow. Let's see, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Tracy McGrady basically does not like the fact that James Harden has demanded a trade. McGrady says, I don't understand for the like of for the life of me of what James Harden is doing. Why are you trying to get out? That makes zero sense to me. Not only that, I look at all the teammates that he's played with. James has played with more Hall of Famers than anybody in the league, and he doesn't have a ring to show for it. I don't know what he's looking for, and maybe there's some internal bullshit that is going on that we don't know about. Because it doesn't make sense to me to leave the MVP and the Eastern Conference where you have a shot to at least play for a championship. It's got to be some something deeper than that. Get over it. Get over it, man. I mean, I get where Tracy is coming from. Harden has played with the creme de la creme. He's played with a majority of that top 75. You know, he played with LeBron. He's played with Carmelo. He's played with... um, What's his name? He's played with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. He's played with Chris Paul. Joel and B. This nigga has played with damn near many superstars. Dwight Howard. Forgot about that. That's a lot of top 75 niggas that this man has played with and has not even and has only had one finals appearance. But they're referring to James Harden never reaching the pinnacle as a number one option. But now Harden's in a situation right now where he can only be a number two option. But T-Mac is also right in that situation. So, 
You remember that soccer player that I was um, talking about, that $776 million offer? I found out the reason why Mbappe, the soccer player, rejected, he rejected the $776 million offer. It seems like his team and the Saudi Arabian team, they had a conflict because Mbappe wanted more like a 50-50 split. And the Saudi Arabian team got a little bit greedy with the money. And then also Mbappe didn't want to move to Saudi Arabia. And the Saudis wanted him to play there for longer than a year. But he's already under contract with another soccer team. So that if he would have went over to that team, it would have been a major headache for him. And he wouldn't have received the fair part of the split of the money. I knew it was something for a man to turn down 770, uh, uh, 6 million, $776 million. And then, you know, the soccer team that he's currently on would have been paid $332 million. I mean, he even refused a meeting with them. So that's a crazy story. Lil Meech, man. Oh, no. Not Lil Meech, man. So what had happened was, <laughs> you know, since this is uh episode is called Been Pimping Since Been Pimping Since Been Pimping, right? Man, oh, man, oh, man. So Lil Meech was caught on a ring camera going into this random lady's house and you know for those that don't know Lil Meech was dating Summer Walker and so you know Meech is on the caught on the camera I guess bringing some groceries in for this lady and then he returns out of the house within 17 minutes so that begs the question did Lil Meech cheat in 17 minutes? Or was this a lady that he's been entertaining? But maybe he didn't fuck this time. Which begs the question, can you cheat in 17 minutes? Now me, I'm not one to uh, <laughs> be a quick person like that. That's just me. 
But yes, you can cheat in 17 minutes. You can. But Meech had no marks on him. His clothes wasn't fucked up. And it legitimately looked like he just went in the house to drop some shit off and leave. A lot of women believe that Meech cheated. Because they're automatically going to take the female celebrity side. They're not going to give the male celebrity in the alleged turmoil the benefit of the doubt. Me personally, I don't think he did it. I mean, Lil Meech responded by saying, I can't bring my, I can't take my cousin any groceries. So, I mean, he passed the lady off as his cousin. Now, I don't know. That could be a little shaky to me. But in that particular situation, I do not believe he cheated. You know, Summer Walker was last seen <laughs> out with Sexy Red, Sookie Hana, and Saucy Santana. Oh, Lord. What a real fucked up bunch of people to be around. You know, talking shit about Summer being free. Rolling my eyes. Summer will be back. Lil Meech doesn't have to worry about anything. She'll be back. Alvita, Alvita, another quiet She'll love you in the morning. Oh man, Derek White finally cut his motherfucking hair. I was tired of looking at that shit, man. Because, you know, Derek White had a pushed back hairline with a hole in it, with a sunroof, had that LeBron James thing going on. And Derek White finally cut his shit. Salute Derek White. Jaden Ivey cut his dreads off. I was like, interesting. You know, cats always change their look, change their game. You got to play the game. You got to look good playing the goddamn game. Let's get it. All right, so Sham Sharania dropped some dope-ass news today talking about the possible plan that the Miami Heat may have for the Portland Trailblazers. But however, we all know that the Portland Trailblazers are not going to just make any trade. They're going to make the best trade that benefits their franchise. But Sharania says that he was told that the Heat have been preparing a trade package around three to four first round draft picks, a potential draft swap, as well as second round picks and a young player. Potentially. Hmm. I mean, I hope it's not Jamie Watkins. If Jamie Watkins go to Portland, it's going to be a problem. Because he's going to get some clock out there if that is indeed true. So the Heat are going to come with a, a, a new offer to the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. But the Blazers are not in a rush or in a hurry. They want to keep Lillard. It's clear in their actions. 
But we'll see if this deal is good enough and they can actually move Dame. I truly believe that this will be dragged along up until the uh, trade deadline. That's just me. Oh, man. Damn. So, Philadelphia 76ers center Montrez Harrell has a torn ACL and meniscus after undergoing an MRI Wednesday to assess recent right knee swelling following his offseason workouts. Damn. That's fucked up that the Sixers have lost one of their role players. I thought Trez was going to have a bounce back year under new coach uh, Nick Nurse. But now, you know, it's a possibility that he's going to have to wait another year. Hopefully, man, he can recover from this and join another team next season because I think he's on a one-year contract now. You know, this injury, you got a torn ACL and a meniscus, that's automatically at least a year. You better be lucky he got it during training camp instead of the season. Then he really would have been fucked up. So he could come back next year during training camp and do what it does. Oh, man. So there have been multiple reports that... ESPN is no longer the worldwide leader in sports. You know, recent ratings and things of that nature have shown that FS1 has took the spot as the worldwide leader in sports. And I can completely understand why. You want to know why? I mean, FS1's shows are better than ESPN shows. I mean, I, I may hate, I may hate Nick Wright. With every bone and chromosome in my body. But first things first is a solid show. You know, they've had they they had shows like Speak for Yourself. They've had shows like um, Undisputed, which is on hiatus. And that's crazy that even with the recent, you know, hiatus of Undisputed, FS1's ratings have been better. With you know, and what makes this even more crazy is FS1 doesn't have the many endorsements and ads and the push that ESPN has. That shit's crazy that FS1 has taken ESPN's spot, and this is also due to. The show's just simply being whack. The jump is whack. You know what I'm saying? ESPN first take is whack. The morning shows are whack. The only person whose show is solid is Scott Van Pelt. Everybody else is trash. And then they done fired every goddamn body. You took Mark Jackson. You took Jeff Van Gundy. You took Keyshawn Johnson. You took um, Jalen Rose. So you took a majority of the talent off the network. What you think was going to happen? And then ESPN be lying so goddamn much. Then you fired Max, Max Kellerman. 
Like, this network has been falling off for quite a long time. And maybe this could be the kick in the ass that the ESPN niggas need to get back on point and actually hire some interesting people. Cardi B. Oh, Lord. Oh, crrr, right? So, Cardi B was um, on stage performing, I guess... You know, from what I heard, she told the crowd to throw some water on her, her legs. And somebody ended up throwing the water on her face. And Cardi B threw the mic at the person that threw the water on her. And a report has come out that she is cleared of all charges from the mic case. You know, self-defense, nigga. And this is what happens, man. This is exactly what the fuck happens, man. Insane, bro. Crazy, man. Man. Because, you know, a lot of people thought that she was going to get some charges. You know, but she beat the case once again. Cardi B's lawyers are excellent. You know, she had had other cases before. Like, she has won a majority of her cases. You know, because she had it. You know, she was affiliated with a gang member. Gang activity. You know, drugging niggas. You know what I'm saying? Can't stop, won't stop. Cardi B. God damn. Lizzo, this is what this is what I've been waiting for to talk about, y'all. Lizzo pimping broads. So let's read this story, y'all. So we got Lizzo accused of sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. Panda. I mean, she's built like a panda, but we're not gonna go there. Anyway, three former dancers are accusing singer Lizzo of sexual harassment. Of course, she denies it. So, claims the claims are that she created a hostile work environment and engaged in sexual harassment. I bet you they didn't feel good as fuck about that. Lizzo has denied these allegations, which have raised questions about her treatment of employees, as well as the reality of the image that she's cultivated as a champion of plus-size women of color. The three former dancers also allege misconduct by her production company and her dance team captain, Shirlene Quigley. Among the claims included in the suit is... Lizzo pressured dancers into unwanted sexual situations, made statements that were perceived as thinly veiled comments about a dancer's weight gain, and put people through grueling rehearsals that led to one dancer soiling herself. Wow. Me personally, I'm going to tell it to you like this. I was never a fan of Lizzo or her music. Never was a fan of Shorty. At all. I don't like the contradictions in Lizzo's behavior. You push body positivity. You push that you're proud as a big girl. 
but want to get on the internet every five minutes on Instagram Live and cry when people make jokes about you. And then you want to wear clothes that are three sizes smaller. And then you want to wear clothes with your whole asshole hanging out. I've seen sexy big girls own their body and not be extra about it. But how do I feel about this? these allegations? <laughs> so she made them uh, background dancers walk to Junior's and get a cheesecake, huh? Matter of fact, you know, they probably walked and got Lizzo a whole cheesecake. This is my thing. She got some nerve to talk about people's weight gain. She walling the fuck out. She needs to be humbled, man. But forced to do sexual acts? On who? On her? You mean to tell me that uh, Lizzo is Lebanese? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know where I got that joke from. But, man. Wow. I mean, this is the industry, ladies and gentlemen. The industry do not play fair. This is enough. And then, you know, this isn't looking too good for the Me Too movement these days. Damn, so Lizzo is Me Too niggas? Crazy, man. Man, my prayers and thoughts go to the background dancers, man. Golly. Lizzo out there forcing herself on these women my daddy was a pimp my great granddaddy was a pimp and y'all the assistant pimps (laughs) she was running that bitch she was running them tours like fucking brothels nigga alright moving on so we got so you remember that case that came out with all those players of that scheme and that scam to defraud the NBA League's health and welfare benefit plan? Well, the ring leader, Terrence Williams, the four-year NBA veteran, damn, I didn't realize he didn't play that long in the NBA. No wonder why he uh, masterminded this scheme. Because I swear to God, he was on like three, four teams. Like, I remember him on the Nets, the Jazz. I remember him on... um, the Sacramento Kings, like he bounced around the league, but the breaking news is Terrence Williams, the four-year NBA veteran who served as the ringleader of a scheme to defraud the league's health and welfare benefit plan out of $5 million, was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Damn, Hammy, on 2K, you was the man, Hammy fuck happened to you Williams will also face three years of supervised release a forfeit of $653,672.55 and $2.5 million in restitution he previously pled guilty to conspiracy to commit health care and wire fraud and aggravated identity last 
identity theft last August. Williams was one of 18 players initially indicted in October of 2021 when the group was accused of a three-year scheme in which they submitted fake reimbursement claims to the health plan for exams and procedures that were never done. Per prosecutors, Williams was the one running the show. He recorded, he recruited the other <laughs> former players and non-medical professionals into the scheme in exchange of kickbacks of at least $300,000. Damn, and I thought that Detroit was the scam capital of the world. Meanwhile, you got NBA players signing up and doing this wild ass shit. Now, the other 17 players' fates have not been revealed. I remember when that report came out. I think I had a show about that. I don't remember the title of the show, but a lot of those names were familiar faces. But that is wild as fuck. So, Lil Wayne, Wheezy F Baby, please say the baby and the F is for phenomenal, right? So Lil Wayne has decided to join Skip Bayless on Undisputed, but however, he will only be on the show every Friday and Wayne will pop up here and there. So Skip Bayless is revamping Undisputed. And Lil Wayne will be like his temporary co-host. So I don't know how Undisputed is going to do uh, things now. Because obviously he couldn't get nobody else to join up with him. It's clear. So he decided to, you know, roll with Lil Wayne. Because nobody else would join up with him. You know, Skip don't have the balls to put another white man on the show with him. All of the niggas that he had in mind turned him down, obviously due to his treatment of Shannon Sharp. My thoughts on this is Skip and Lil Wayne are homeboys. I mean, it was it's only right. And Skip, you know, had said that Lil Wayne doesn't yell, doesn't scream. He's just cool. He's laid back and he's the perfect match for me and my show. So let's hope that the revamped Undisputed is at least half of the show that it used to be with Uncle Shay Shay. Eminem. So Eminem and Dr. Dre signed a new artist by the name of Easy Mill. I believe that's the kid's name. And I heard the kid. I heard the kid rap. And um, I like him. He's all right. He's better than Grip, the other guy that Eminem signed. I did not like that dude. I didn't like his first album. I, I got a really bad first impression on that rapper. But Easy Mill sounds solid. I see why Dre and Eminem have interest in him. But Easy Mill and Eminem dropped a new song called Realist. And some of Eminem's lyrics had my eyes twitching because I'm like, hold on, man. It sounded like, you know, he responded 
to what niggas have been saying about him lately. So I'm going to decode some of these lyrics. So Eminem says, guess I've really got no right to complain much. Hip hop has been good to me, huh? But when they say I'm only top five because I'm white, why would I be stunned? My skin color still working against me because second I should be the none. But being white ain't why they put me at top five. It's why they can't put me at one. Damn, that was cold. I mean, his complexion is not the reason why he's not number one. He's not number one because he's not number one. But he could be number one to somebody. He's qualified. All the envious rappers I torch if I'm on a joint with them. And that is the only retort. Is I am not played in the clubs. Motherfucker put a cork in it. Only reason why they still play your shit in the clubs is because you still performing them. Damn. That's tough. I am a guest in this house, but I turn this bitch into a mansion. That's an expansion made it gargantuan. Trying to look here. Uh oh. This is this is another lyric that I wanted to look into. Shout out to the Furious Five and Grandmaster Flash, but boy, this someone who is furious stay out his path, his wrath avoid. I'll be last, and I'll be the last Detroit with a juice head whose brain is like half destroyed, like a meteor hit it. Well, there went Melly Mel. We lost his ass to Roy's. <laughs> That's tough. So it seems like Eminem has heard the things that people been saying about him. With, you know, Melly Mel has been going around and dissing and hating on not only M, but damn near everybody, in my opinion. You know, we don't give Eminem credit because he's white. We give Eminem credit because of the skill set and the ability to have longevity not consistent though Eminem is not consistent but however he makes up for it with a lot of great moments in between and a lot of great features and a lot of motherfuckers you know and then of course you know that I don't get playing clubs is a response to game and he said the only reason why you get played in clubs is because you work in them, meaning you perform in them. Meanwhile, I do stadiums, nigga. Yeah, that, that was a dope response by Eminem to shut down the critics. 
Last but not least, we gonna get to this Yo Gotti mixtape with DJ Drama Review, man. Because Yo Gotti has dropped a new mixtape with DJ Drama. And I just got through listening to it before I got on here. And it's pretty dope. I'm not going to front. But let's let's get into I showed you so. Before we get up out of here. So, let's get into driveway furniture. It's okay. I wouldn't have started the uh, project off with this, but driveway furniture's okay. First hundred bands, this is pretty solid. I can't complain. Mind my business featuring Money Bag Yo. This adds to the uh, many dope ass collabs between Yo Gotti and Money Bag Yo. No fake love. Um, this was the single. This is mid, but a good mid and not a bad mid. Pop my shit. Now, this is where the project takes off because these first four records are up and down to me. They're hit or hit and miss outside of the Money Bag Yo feature. But once Pop My Shit comes on, this is where the mixtape takes a dope-ass direction. Pop My Shit is a banger. That's a single single. The one... Yo, this is arguably my favorite song, but you could say that about multiple songs on here. Mandarin with Rich Homie Kwan. I think that's my favorite record. I think it's a dope collaboration, and it's dope to see that Rich Homie Kwan and Yo Gotti reunited because they had previous chemistry on I Know. So, them reuniting on Mandarin, excellent. This beat is stupid, too. And, you know, it's good to see Rich Homie Kwan. Ha Ha is the record that I played at the beginning of the show. This shit is dope. And it's a damn shame it's not even two minutes long. I think he should have added a second verse to that. POV, a.k.a. Point of Burr. This was good. Not complaining about this one. This was all right. And the closing track, I'm out. This was pretty hard. I'm not going to front, man. I love this record. All in all, um, Yo Gotti's and DJ Dramas, I showed you so. It's just a testament to how ever since the album I Am, Yo Gotti has been consistent. You know, Yo Gotti is sponsoring a crew of, of, of a legion of the uh, new school rappers of this generation. You know, he has Black Youngster, Moneybag Yo, 42 Doug, Glorilla, Mozzie, ESTG. That's a 
prime time roster, if you ask me. So with I Showed You So, Yo Gotti felt like he had to do something for the streets so that he could get you prepared for his next project. And this is something great to hold us over until the next CMG project drops. You know, because Moneybags came out with his new project this year. And Gotti dropped this I Showed You So project full of 10 bangers and cuts. Now, I definitely enjoyed myself. You know what I'm saying? I definitely enjoyed 5 through 10 for sure. And then I like Mind My Business. So, I definitely liked well over half of the project. It's definitely one of the better mixtapes released in 2023. But this is a loaded year for mixtapes, man. And DJ Drama damn near has single-handedly bought back the mixtape game and has it producing and being productive once again all right y'all that is my show i want to thank y'all for coming through and and fucking with me man this is king no uncensored new music fridays pimping since been pimping since been pimping and i'm out this bitch